the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Blue Darter Sports Central with your host, Roger Franklin Williams. Stay tuned for the latest updates on Blue Darter Sports, along with interviews with student athletes, coaches, and more. It's Blue Darter Sports Central on 1520 WBZW, your hometown station. Now, here's Roger. Welcome back to Blue Darter Sports Central with Roger Franklin Williams. It's a great day throughout Central Florida. It's a great day in Apopka. It's a great day to be in Apopka Blue Darter. Hey, Jeff. Just We're coming to you once again from the front porch at Porky's as we are about to kick off a great Memorial Day weekend. I want to, first of all, acknowledge the service of those who fought and died in service of the United States military so that we can live lives of security, freedom, and comfort. We acknowledge and honor all those who gave their lives in service to America today on today's program. And we want to, uh, we look forward to having a great show for you. Also, of course, acknowledge the service and honor the service of all those who serve both present and past. Coming to you from the front porch at Porky's. We're joined, please be joined today by Pete Paquette. Pete is our on-site producer. Pete, it's great to be with you today here at Porky's. Oh, Roger, thanks a lot for inviting me along. What a beautiful day to be out here on the front porch at Porky's. Beautiful day out here. Joe is uh, on special assignment. Yes, you could call it that. But we do want to give a shout-out to Joe and thank him for his service. Of course, he has uh, served in the United States Marine Corps. Uh-huh, that's, that's right. That's right. A lot, you know, tremendous amount, a lot of sports activity, of course, at this time of year for Blue Darter Athletics and high school athletics. A major event took place last night. Our Blue Darter softball team played in the state semifinals down in Vero Beach. They um, were did come up a little short. They lost four to nothing to Park Vista of South Florida. John Perry is here with us. We'll be talking about that game and, of course, the extraordinary season that the girls had this season for Blue Darter Softball under the direction of Coach Mike McQuithy. Of course, last Friday night, as you heard right here on 1520 WBCW, we had our spring football jamboree where we played over at Spruce Creek High School and we played a half versus Atlantic Coast High School of Jacksonville and then we played another half versus Jacksonville Reigns and we'll talk about that, the aftermath of that game as well and we uh, may even be joined by Coach Jeff Rolson. Uh, Coach Rolson uh, let me know when I contacted him that he is actually on the Sewanee River about this time 
but he actually said it would be fine to give him a call. And uh, if he got phone service, which is a, a big if, in fact, the odds are pro pretty much against it. Uh, uh, but um, he said he would love to talk to us. So we're going to give uh, give a shot. And I, I, I told him, I said, really, Coach, I hate to, I'm not, we don't want to bother you when you're out on the Sewanee River. But he said it would be fine and uh, encouraged us to, to, uh, to give it a shot. So anyway, that's pretty much what's on tap for the, the show today. And uh, we'll go to John Perry in just a moment. First of all, of course, I want to remind you that Blue Darter Sports Central, Blue Darter Athletics, and all the programs you hear on 1520 WBZW are presented by Florida Door Solutions. Do you have garage door problems? Florida Door Solutions has your solution. You can find them at fladoor.com or just give them a call at 866-FLA-DOOR and make sure you tell them you're in a popular Blue Darter. Now let's go to, to John Perry. John, thank you for, for being here to join us. Of course, the, I guess the, the biggest news, if you will, is the extraordinary season that our girls softball team had. Of course, they played the semifinal game last night. As I said, they came up short four to nothing. Uh, can, can you uh, just tell us about the game? Frankly, and, and I, I think any of the of the young ladies and, and coaches would tell you they didn't play their best, and and that that's not unusual at that at that level. Uh, you know, this is state tournament, you know, state semifinal, and and that can that can carry a lot of weight. And uh, the the team is young, uh, still losing one senior, and so the, you know I don't know. They, I'm sure there were other games during the season where they didn't perform as well, but they were still able to win. Uh, you know, I will give credit to Park Vista. The, they have a certain style of play and coaching, at least last night, that really paid off. Um, the field, from what I understand, was very hard. Uh, the, the clay, you know, it's all clay infield with, with softball. And so the the field is, is was very hard, almost concrete-like. Is what Why I was to told. Edwards Field. And, and so, yeah, exactly. And it, frankly, if you put water on it and you take care of it, it probably shouldn't be that way. So, they did a lot of of uh, bunts and chops and 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 chopping the ball into the ground, uh, into the into the onto the infield, and and it paid off. They, and they're very aggressive on the base pass. They will, they're going to challenge you defensively. And Apopka is very good defensively. But in the more traditional sense, uh, and when you've got a bunt that, that is perfectly placed between pitcher and, and home plate or down one line and down the other, they, uh, which they did all night long, that pays off. And then, uh, like I say, and I, I, honestly, I thought they stretched it when it comes to leaving each base. In softball, you can leave the base when the pitcher releases the ball. I thought they, they probably had a half-step uh, uh, head start on, on a lot of those times, which gave them a, uh, a, um, a an advantage. But uh, the, I, I don't know that it affected the outcome of the game, but it certainly was a factor. Um, and, and But I'll give them credit. They they utilized their strengths and, 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 and were, were dictating the – 
the tempo. It's not like a football or basketball, maybe when you can, you know, dictating tempo is more of an issue. But they they dictated the, the style of game that needed to be played. And a Popka style, which is play solid defense and, and hit the ball, uh, just didn't come to fruition. Uh, the defense was okay, fine, uh, in the traditional sense. But uh, those those bunts and chops were hard to play and hard to get outs on, and and they what would be you would think would be, you know a, a ball that might travel literally five to ten feet uh, becomes a single, and, and and you know maybe drives home a run or or uh, you know causes you know you throw the ball to first and it doesn't get the runner because of of the situation or there's a runner on third and it doesn't get the runner out at home because it's just of their their aggressiveness and their speed uh and on the base pass so uh and it was a big field as well as 220 fence 220 foot fence uh down the lines uh for instance apopka's baseball field is 320 down so it's only 100 feet more uh that's a, a pretty good size there were two balls that apopka hit one uh by uh, uh avery brewer in the second inning and one then by uh, uh jesse uh mora in the sixth inning i think it was um and in a pop both of those are probably out on most high school fields uh these were longer fences longer yards uh brewers went for what should have been a double she she uh lost her footing rounding first and 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 fell down so she had to get back and it was only a single should have been it was a it was a clear double uh uh, mora's because of her speed and the fact that it was deep right center field or deep right field over the right fielder's head hers was a triple an easy triple for her you know she could have made three and a half bases for sure and you know the fourth would have been would have taken a nice throw to get her but but they held her at third there were unfortunately there were two outs and so she was left stranded there but uh, you know both of those shots would have been home runs on a, on the most uh, high school uh, softball fields but you know they're not and so uh, you just got to play the situation and unfortunately it wasn't the the, the best of performances for a popkin softball but Lord have mercy that team just to to <laughs> I think back last year at this time well earlier uh, you know popka had the the senior laden class i mean and it was the one you'd waited for it's like okay now's the year to make a run at at that at that state championship trophy and they had i think two girls very ill and three or four others who were three others i think who had suffered some kind of freaky injuries nothing unusual but but ankles and and just some weird stuff and and they all it was all during the last week of the regular season so the the district tournament apopka lost olympia in the first round and had killed olympia during the regular season twice so you know that's that didn't even get started last year well now you've got uh the, the girls returning, some of the girls returning are a year older, but then there's the, the freshmen uh, who are coming in and starting, and you think, okay, well, they're probably pretty good freshmen because Coach Mike McQuithy is starting them, but uh, you think they're still freshmen. Well, Lord have mercy, they end up the best record ever for a Popka High School softball, and uh, you know, end up 28 and two. Uh, you know, lost two to one to Lake Brantley in the regular season, and and uh, had a weird hop, you know, bad hop single that ended up beating them on that one. Uh, and, and so last night there were some some weird hops as well. But uh, 
but it is such a great, great season for, for the Apopka High School uh, softball team. And, and, you know, certainly a lot to build on. Lose uh, one senior, Michaela Fisher, starting left fielder, and, and they'll miss her. But, you know, they're, they've got enough talent. They're, they're going to be very good next year. And it's like, you know, here in a couple of years, the opponents are going to say, how long have these girls been in school? I mean, they're, they'll feel like it's their fifth or sixth season in, in, in playing for a Popka. Uh, you know, you, you see that when when other uh, uh, teams, you know, have baseball, softball, or even football or basketball, they have freshmen starting. And after about the – we enter the third year, it's like, haven't they been there six years or something? So, uh, but but that'll that'll be a Popka's opponent. So, uh, there's some good, some good talent, and it's only going to get better and more seasoned and more experienced. And, uh, you know, having last night as experience just can't be beat, no matter the outcome. You know, a tremendous season for Apopka Blue Garter softball. Sadly, it did end last night at the state tournament in the semifinal game versus Park Vista 4 to nothing. But that definitely doesn't, um, you know, do away with the fact that it was a, not only an outstanding season, a historic season. And as you mentioned, you know, a season where I'd say it's just, I think you can definitely say that the the girls overachieved, you know, and certainly exceeded greatly exceeded well, expectations. Well, and and maybe overachieved in the sense of, of the expectations. Maybe exceeded expectations. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, after after you do it consistently like they did, I don't know that it's not overachieving in terms of of what you can do. Uh, you know, overachieving in terms of expectations. Oh, absolutely, uh, no doubt about that. Uh, they just were. Uh, who, uh, like I say, last year was supposed to be the year, and and then this year ends up being the year, and and uh, came up just a tad short, and and uh, you know, we'll see. I, you know, it's one of those kind of situations where uh, if I'm a member of a Popkins team, I want Park Vista to win tonight, and 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 you know, so we can say the only team that you know the team that eliminated us in the playoffs was the state champion, and and. Uh, you know, there's times where, depending on who that other team is, you might want them to get beat because they're a rival or a team that you don't care for for one reason or another. But in this case, it was, uh, you know, I, I, there was none of that as far as I know. So it's like, if I'm a pop, I want I want Park Vista to win it all and win it handle, handily so that we can say, well, maybe we were actually the second-best team this year in the, in the state. Do you know who won the other game? Uh Winter Springs Newsom. was playing somebody. No, that was that was eight A. Okay, that was eight A. Uh, that was, game was right before Apopkas. Uh, Newsom, which is over in Lithia, which is between uh, close to Tampa, uh, and so it's uh, Newsom beat Coral Gables uh, in the other nine A semifinal. Winter Springs is eight A, and I, their game was right before Apopkas on that same field, and they. <laughs> That that was an interesting game. They scored three runs in the bottom of the seventh to win. Uh, after Oakleaf had scored two in the top of the seventh to tie, all with two out, or uh, Oakleaf's was with two outs. When and so anyway, that was an exciting, exciting game. Tough, tough one for Oakleaf. Uh, Winter Springs is undefeated, and that's what you know undefeated teams do. They find a way to win. Thank you, John, for that great account, not only the game last night, but also the entire season for Apopka Blue Garden Softball. Of course, it was an outstanding season, a historic season, only one regular season loss. We were rated number one in the state in Class 9A for much of the season. And uh, 
bright days ahead for Blue Daughter softball, as you said, uh, returning all starters except for one and a good solid core of freshmen starters and, and outstanding players. We're going to go to our first break, coming to you live from the front porch at Porky's. When we come back, we'll continue to speak with John Perry, and we'll talk some popular Blue Daughter football. So please stay with us on Blue Daughter Sports Central, coming to you live from the front porch at Porky's. We'll be right back. It's Blue Darter Sports Central on 1520 WBZW, your hometown station. It's Blue Darter Sports Central on 1520 WBZW, your hometown station. Now, here's Roger. Welcome back to Blue Darter Sports Central with Roger Franklin-Williams. Coming to you live from the front porch at Porky's. Pete Paquette is on site today producing. It's great to have Pete here today with us. Thank you, Pete, for being here. Joe is on special assignment, shall we say. And we're pleased to be joined at Porky's by John Perry. Of course, we once again acknowledge the service of all who served in the United States military, but especially on this Memorial Day weekend, we honor those who died serving our country in uniform, defending our freedom and security. Go back to John in just a moment. Of course, I want to let you know that Dr. Patrick St. Germain, St. Germain Chiropractic, and BurnFatOrlando.com support all the programs on 1520 WBZW and support Apopka High School Athletics and our broadcast of Apopka High School Athletics. Also, Dr. Patrick St. Germain and St. Germain Chiropractic have been proud to are proud to be voted best chiropractor in Apopka for now 10 years in a row. So when you're in pain, call Dr. St. Germain at 855 when in pain. That's 855 when in pain. Dr. Patrick St. Germain, proud to support Apopka Blue Darter Athletics on fifth on Apopka's hometown radio station. Let's go back to John Perry and Johnny, we haven't talked since the uh, jamboree over at Spruce Creek last Friday night. You know, we won the first half of play versus Atlantic uh, Coast of Jacksonville by a score of two to nothing. Somewhat of an uncharacteristic score for a Popka, of course, and that's something we'll talk about. But also, um, we lost the second half, uh, six to nothing to Reigns. They scored right near the end of the game, and which in a game that was extraordinary defensive effort by a Popka. But anyway, I'd just like to first of all get your your overview and your initial thoughts of the uh, the, the performance of the Jamboree. Well, uh, a lot of what you said is uh, kind of tells it. I mean, it's. It was obviously a defensive situation uh, on both in both halves of, of play. Uh, you know, Popka moved the ball more against Atlantic Coast, had a little over 100 yards of rushing, uh, which is not a huge number for a Popka, but still not a bad number for two quarters of play. But the the eight or nine penalties, whatever it was, were, were just huge, <laughs> especially in that first quarter against Atlantic Coast, and you know they were. I'll say sins of commission rather than omission. And, and uh, the there were two or three, maybe four, but anyway, I think three false starts by Popka. I call those sins of omission from uh, a football standpoint, whereas the others were holding and there was a, a blindside block that they're really looking out on this year. Um, there were a couple of face masks and those those can be a lot of times those are just a kid grabbing and that's what they end up their fingers end up grabbing and, and most of the time that's what a face mask is even when they turn their their momentum and whatnot and, and whether it's a popka doing it or another team doing it and sometimes it may be intentional but but you'd like to think not um 
But anyway, there were a lot of those type of penalties. And, you know, the, the one touchdown was called back because of that that blindside block. And But that was just a nice run by Jaquan Lohman, uh, 87 yards, 83 yards. I can't remember which one. But, uh, you know, a, a nice run by him. But, uh, you know, and there were, there were some great blocks, but they called a blindside block. And, uh, you know, the way the game film was, I really couldn't tell. Um, and so, but, you know, at that point, you know, otherwise, Apopka wasn't able to score an offensive uh, touchdown. They had, they had the first drive, had a nice 41-yard pass completion uh, that got it down inside the 10-yard line, uh, had had the ball at, right around the five on third down. Uh, I'm pretty sure they were going to go for, you know, all four downs. But on third down through a, and a kid made the Atlantic Coast defensive back made a great uh play on the ball to intercept it and so and he caught it right at the two and and was diving so he he was down at the two and then on on first down after that uh you know defensive tackle Jalen Carter just absolutely blew up the play and uh the quarterback stumbled and fell in the end zone for safety and that's the only points of the whole uh of the whole first half there against Atlantic Coast, that, those two quarters against Atlantic Coast, and then they never came close to scoring. Uh, I think they had—I don't remember exactly—but they had had uh, less than 10 yards rushing, and I think they had eight yards passing. So they, you know, they had they had less than 20 total yards, and and that was accurate. That was not a, nothing fluky about those numbers. That was Popka dominated defensively on and. and and uh, you know, a two to nothing score might might indicate that. But if it had been forty-two to nothing, it would still the nothing was still very much a dominant by Apopka. Um, you know, and that's we kind of knew that going in. Uh, you know, I, I left there thinking, well, the defense is better than I, even better than I thought it would be. But the offense has really got a long way to go. And I don't think there's any doubt about those two things. But as, as Coach Rolson said, you know, looking at the film, things are never as good as you think they were or as bad as they think they were. And he said a lot of times on offense it was it was one kid missing an assignment or or maybe the play called because of the, the nature of the playbook now is there's new plays being introduced. And, and a new new formation. Popka did not run one play of single wing uh, in in any of the four quarters, and that was by design. Um, and so, you know, they uh, Reigns had corner blitzes that uh, there were three or four corner blitzes that they made where the corner snuck up and was able to make the tackle right as the the because there's nobody assigned to block him, and 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 so nobody was able to pick him up and you know he's making the tackle in the backfield and so those kind of plays you can you can sometimes uh when you've got your full playbook uh you know you've got a situation where you can can maybe anticipate that and move out of that or if you've got a quarterback who's learned the system and can maybe check out of something or or do something that that'll uh uh, stymie that that type of thing, and because when that that cornerback when he blitzes, that leaves a, a spot open there where where he normally would be. So uh, you know you can make it make them pay. It's kind of like a uh, calling a nice screen pass on a on a on a full blitz. You know you get you get the ball over the blitzers, and all of a sudden that 
running back catches the ball and he's got plenty of space to run. So, but the opposite can happen too. So, anyway, um, you know, offensively, I don't think there's any doubt. There's a long way to go. Uh, Antonio Merriweather, one of the, he's a returning offensive lineman. He did not play at all the other night, last Friday night, and so he'll be back for for regular season and whatnot in in the fall, and that'll help because he's he knows. What, what to do and when to do it and, and that type of thing. And the other guys will improve over the summer. Uh, you know, they, there'll be, you know, there'll be some workouts and some stuff and some learning they can do, even though there's not regular practice until uh, I think it's July 29th, that last, that first Monday, or the last Monday in July is the first day of uh fall football practice it's hard to say fall football practice in july in the same sentence but uh you know it's it's just the nature of the beast anymore um and so you know it's still up in the air as to whether they'll be going to fca camp or not uh there's been a funding issue and because that takes a pretty good amount of money and so uh but anyway they're gonna you know they'll be working they'll, they'll certainly be participating in some seven on seven passing leagues which you know offensive line that doesn't particularly that didn't have anything to do with them, but it will help the coordination in the passing game between the quarterback and and the and the wide receivers. And you know, Popka's passing game is going to be a, a more of a quick quick outs and that type of thing. It's not going to be a lot of verticals. I'm sure there'll be some, but but not a ton of verticals unless things start to just click along that line. But uh, I think once the regular season hits next in in, in August. Uh, late August, you'll find that Apopka will not be attempting as many passes as he did the other night. It's still going to be a running team and very much run dominated. Uh, and they're not, but that doesn't mean they're not going to throw the ball. It'll just be the single wing, unless it's by far the most uh, successful thing, you're not going to see as much of the single wing as, as there has been. Uh, but they'll do whatever they need to, to to move the ball and put up some points. Thanks for that overview of the Spring Jamboree from John Peary. And, yeah, just a couple of things before we go to break. It's just, you know, Coach Rolson actually, when we spoke to him before the Jamboree, his comments seemed to you know, play out almost, you know, to a T. He did say expect the defense to be ahead of the offense. In fact, he even said he expected defense to play well, which, of course, they did, I mean, to say the least. That's an understatement. Um, also, expect he said he said he did not expect the offense to play well basically or you know um right. he, he did say that there would be passing he even said that um there probably be most likely be more passing during the jamboree than probably what they would do during during the season so all those things kind of you know kind of you know were exactly what happened basically right yeah the 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 spring is a time to do that and because it doesn't mean a thing um other than you'd like to maybe see a better performance because that way you something better to build on. Uh, so, you know, things change. I know last year during the spring, Apopka scored 77 points against two teams in four quarters of play. And then, you know, uh, less than a month later, the tight end and uh, one of the other offensive linemen were, were both decided not to play. So, uh, you know, there's there's issues that, that can happen between, and hopefully this year it's it's more of the, on the positive side where you can, you know, the players can become more uh, familiar with the offense and the blocking schemes and that type of thing. 
One more question before we go to break is uh, about the quarterback position. You know, Jaquan Loman started at the quarterback position. Coach Rolson had said before the Jamboree that he was clearly ahead. Uh, you know, he was out front center at the quarterback position. And, of course, he left the game uh, with, uh, you know, limp, limping and didn't, come, didn't return. Uh, I guess Akeem Brown came in and played quarterback the rest of the way. Uh, any you know, follow-up um, about, about Jaquan Loman? He's fine. Um, I, I asked uh, Coach Rolson on uh, Tuesday when I met with him, and uh, he said he's fine. He's, you know, he just – it was a tweak, and, and it, you know, it might have been one of those things where if it's October whatever instead of May something – uh, he might have continued to play. I don't know. I, I don't know. At that point, that's up to the player and, of course, trainers as well, athletic trainers as well. But, um, you know, he, he he's there's no issue from that. It's it's not a uh, Jacorian Davis-Hamilton part two. Uh, and I just want to mention real quick, you know, he's he's uh, – Moving back to Georgia for his for his senior year, which that, Davis Hamilton. yeah yeah, and and so you know that's a personal decision. He's just he's got uh, uh, family up there. He's going to move in because he's he's for, unfortunately cannot play any more football uh, for anybody in terms of uh, this year, and uh, we'll see what ends up with college. Hopefully, he'll end up somewhere and can can stay away from the injury bug and keep that knee uh, uh, safe for the for the rest of his college career. I wish him all the best. You know, he was an outstanding player, one of the most outstanding blue darters ever, literally. And uh, you know, obviously had what looked like to be a great future. And uh, you know, he's going to miss his his junior and senior year due due to devastating injuries. Yeah, just a really tough, tough gig. I, I I don't know that I've seen that with that type of uh, a player who's who's that special in, in terms of talent. Well, thank you for those great updates, John. John's going to you know, go on and get back to work, if you will, uh, on, on various other tasks. Thank you for being here at Porky's to join us. Thank you, Roger. We're going to do a quick break. When we come back, we'll be joined by uh, here at the front porch of Porky's, Pete Peckett and I. We'll have a very special guest, which we'll introduce when we come back. Please stay with us on Blue Dart Sports Central. It's Blue Darter Sports Central on 1520 WBZW, your hometown station. It's Blue Darter Sports Central on 1520 WBZW, your hometown station. Now, here's Roger. Welcome back to Blue Darter Sports Central with Roger Franklin Williams. It's a great day in Central Florida. It's a great day in Apopka. It's a great day to be in Apopka Blue Darter. Joined today by Pete Paquette of Blue Darter Sports Central. And Pete is producing today. Pete, it's great to have you here. Out on the front porch of Porky's once again. You know, I never pass up a, a time to be able to be here with you, Roger, of course, right here in this great location. Uh, right on Main Street downtown with uh, right here on the front porch of Porky's. Delicious. It's lunchtime. Got a nice breeze out here. Beautiful. And Pete, of course, is the operations manager for all of our stations at our parent company, Salem Media Group, and the host of the Main Street Apopka program. Love that program people do as well every Tuesday at 11 a.m. and then a replay at Thursday and on Saturday afternoons as well. Always talking about all the great things that are happening right here on Main Street and all around Apopka. And here we are sitting right here on Main Street yeah, at yeah. Porky's. We're, in a moment, we'll be joined by, speaking of football, Coach Jeff Rolson, head football coach for Apopka. We're also pleased on this, as we kick off the Memorial Day weekend, to be joined by a true American hero, Dennis Puglio. Former U.S. Yeah, U.S. Marine veteran and combat. I was going to say, don't tell Joe. Right, exactly. There's no such thing as a exactly. former U.S. Marine veteran of combat, veteran of Vietnam, and was among many other 
things that he achieved there in service. He was awarded three Purple Hearts for wounds suffered in combat. Dennis, great to have you joining us here at Porky's. This is great. The weather's super, isn't it? Very nice. It's perfect. Yeah. And uh, even the humidity is, is cooperating with us a little bit today. The yeah, sun's out, but it's, it, we don't have that stifling humidity. Yeah, we wouldn't have this in July, would we? Yeah. yeah no. And I also want to let everybody know that uh, Dennis will be our guest on the Roger Franklin Williams Show annual tribute to Memorial Day coming up Wednesday from 11 a.m. to 12 noon right here on 1520 WBZW. And, of course, today's the way we honor, in this entire weekend, we honor all those who died in service wearing the uniform of the United States military who gave all that we could live lives of comfort, security, and freedom. And, of course, we salute all of our veterans on all who have served present and past on Blue Darter Sports Central. Now let's go to uh, head coach, Coach Jeff Rolson, Blue Darter football coach. Hello, Coach. Hey, how are you? I'm doing great. And first of all, let me, uh, Pete Peckett's joining us and Dennis Puglio. Hey, Coach. Uh, here as well. And I want to thank you. I know you're um, you're kind of, you're taking, you off. You're actually out near the Sewanee River, taking a great day of, uh, of, of relaxation. I appreciate you joining us You know, uh, here on the show. Yes, sir. You know, I'm humbled to be on with uh, your guest there, the man that said this country more and more honored to to uh, have him, and it's a, it's a blessing that we have people in America that will sacrifice for Absolutely, and we're honored that Dennis is here joining us as, as uh, on our show today. Now, Coach, can you? Um, I'll just ask a very general question to start, and then you know I'll ask uh, specifically about the offense, specifically about the defense. But um, you know, just generally speaking, as you you know, have you had a chance to digest? The Jamboree last Friday night. Uh, the, of course, the first half was against the Atlantic Coast of Jacksonville. We won that one two to nothing. Uh, the second half was against Jacksonville Reigns, you know, an elite program in Florida. We lost that one six to nothing. They scored right before the end of the half, which was in the end of the game essentially. Um, but can you just share some of your, you know, your big, your major assessments or thoughts about um, about the Jamboree and, and and what we accomplished over spring? Yeah, you know, we've got an opportunity to see our kids, you know, the game situation. Um, you know, when, as coaches, when, when you come off the field, you just have the impression, you know, and the impression from the sideline sometimes is, is, is colored a little bit differently than, than what it actually is. So I always say the film is going to never be as going to be as good as you feel like it was or it's never going to be as bad. And I think that is, is true in this case. You know, defensively, we – we looked really good. We ran around. We were physical. You know, but when you go to a film, obviously you're going to spot a lot of things that the coach needs to be corrected and worked on. And you had some issues, some instances where they could have made a big play and, you know, effort or a guy, you know, making a play saved you from it. So it was nice to see him play really well and physical and, and all that on defense. But we got a ways to go. And then he turned to the offensive side of the ball and he was thinking, Lord, you know, we turned the ball over so many times, and, and uh, we, we had difficulty up front blocking and on the perimeter and moving well. And then you look at the field, and you know, you're down, you're a block or two away from, from big plays. And, you know, so we we know we've got a long way to go on both sides of the ball. And, you know, I guess it was a good first test run to see where we're at. You know, on both sides, but. I, I know that we're going to improve uh, steadily. The summer's going to be huge for us. And, you know, we'll, we'll be humble uh, moving forward. 
Now, of course, the spring jamboree, or in the case of spring games, and you know, some teams play the full spring game, is really just kind of part of the overall spring practice. And, it, and it seems that that's the way that, that you handled it. You know, of course, some some schools, some coaches, some teams go all out to play it just like they would play a regular season game. Uh, um, but anyway, can you just, from a broader perspective, talk a little bit about what your your goals were for the spring and and how you feel about um, you know what, what you accomplished uh, from a big picture during during spring football? Well, you know, we wanted to play a lot of kids. I think we did that. Um, you know, defensively, I think I got all my, uh, everybody that, that, that traveled uh, got into that game, at least the first one for sure. So I want to make sure we reward those kids that worked hard. And, you know, of course, we traveled more than we would at uh, the regular season. We had probably 62 kids dressed, you know, and that's probably 10 more than we would. Uh, at least in, in the regular season, and your playoff odds through 50. So, you know, we always want to win, but you know, it's more important to see our kids run around and do some things. Also, we, we didn't show some things because we've got a pretty uh, uh, stout opponent for the kickoff classic down in Miami, and so we didn't show some things offensively that, that are kind of in our wheelhouse because we didn't want to uh, give some things away. And so, our, our I think it's good for the coaches. You know, you got you got Coach Coggle, who does a great job. But it's been a long time since he's called plays. You know, he's been a, a defensive coach for us and an offensive line coach for us. He was head coach in Lyman, so it was his first go around calling plays. It was the first time uh, the kids were playing quarterback or either of those guys played quarterback in that situation, uh, in that style of offense. So you knew we were going to have some growing pains. So we just kind of let it let it ride, you know. So. Yeah, we want to be, we want to win, but at the end of the day, we're just trying to look at some things, see what what we have a shot at doing well, and what probably needs to get uh, thrown out of the playbook. We've got a break coming. Are you okay about staying with us uh, through the break yes. for the far? Oh, yeah, that's great. Before we go to break, there is one question. Uh, this is my own personal uh, a question personally, um, you know, and I'd like to get you. Know, find out exactly what happened and, and, and get your, of course, your thoughts. You know, Loman on a scramble, and you had, you had talked to, when we talked to you last uh, Friday, I believe it was, you said that we, uh, Loman was a great scrambler, you know, and he was very, very effective and very dangerous um, as a runner after a passing place broke down, and we saw that Friday night, and there was one where it looked like he had about an 80-yard run for a touchdown that was called off. It looked to be by an illegal block. Now, I saw what I thought was one of the most beautiful blocks I've ever seen in my life um, by number 17 and um, which which I even said on the radio I, that's what an extraordinary effort and what an extraordinary block um, something kind of tells me that maybe that was the block that, that the penalty got called on which I think is an absolute crime but I mean do you know the, the play I'm talking about and can you sh- share with us you know, your insights as to what happened there yeah I do it was a good block you know Football's changing, and they're attempting to change it, you know, on a regular basis. And it's all about, you know, safety, the safety of the players. So what's happened is, you know, a solid block like that, and you talk about defensively the way the way kids used to tackle and and that they they tried to change that. So the rule change, if you're blocking from outside in, you cannot run down in there and make contact with your 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 helmet and your pads. 
first, you need to have your hands out in front of you. Otherwise, they're going to call that as a rude crackback, which it's not. But that's the rule now. So that's what happened. And, you know, I think that goes on the coaches, you know, as well, because we, you know, we got to be, we got to be uh, instructing our kids about rule changes so we don't get into that. We have some, some other instances we held where, you know, maybe the if the, if the uh, runner would have stayed, you know inside the block instead of trying to bounce and use speed to get to the sideline the, the defender wouldn't have tried to disengage and put the blocker in a bad situation but so yeah that's just a rule change on that particular play i don't like it i don't it's a great block and it may or may not get called again or in the future but it was called that night and that's a, a, a call by rule Thanks for giving your insights on that. Yeah, I just had I had to ask that question because that just as a purely personal, uh, you know, commentary is literally the only thing that I could do was was block downfield, <laughs> and, and so you know um, I, I saw where there were some rule changes and two things that now have been outlawed. One is like you say that the blind slide block, and then the other is um, you know uh, I, 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 so anyway that, that the only thing I could do is you know it's been now <laughs> legislated out of the game. So I, but. I thought yeah. the you know the, I thought the kid made a made a beautiful block and I just hated to see him draw a flag on it. But anyway, um, that's the way things are evolving. We, we'll go to a quick break. We'll continue with Coach uh, Jeff Rolson on Blue Darter Sports Central, live from the front porch at Porky's. It's Blue Darter Sports Central on 1520 WBZW, your hometown station. It's Blue Darter Sports Central on 1520 WBZW, your hometown station. Now, here's Roger. Welcome back to Blue Rider Sports Central, coming to you live from the front porch at Porky's. It's a great day to be in a Popka Blue Darter. Pete Paquette is on location producing our show. Joe is on special assignment. We're pleased. We have Coach Jeff Rolson, head football coach, on the line, and we're pleased to be joined at Porky's by Dennis Puglio. United States Marine combat veteran from Vietnam. In fact, Dennis was awarded three Purple Hearts for wounds that he suffered in combat in Vietnam, and, and his service is documented in the book *The Hill Fights: The First Battle of Quezon* by Edward Murphy. We're very pleased and honored that, that you're joining us here today at Porky's, Dennis. Great to be here. And of course, you're a former high school football player yourself as well, right? No. You're not. I, oh, you're not. Okay. I was the manager of the team. Oh, That's what I think okay. they, call it. they call it Waterboy. <laughs> but I did it for four years, and I was exceptional at it. <laughs> and, and you did mention your high school coach was was a major influence in your life, correct? Big, the, big influence. The high school yes. coach. Yes. Now let's go back to Coach Rolson. Now, Coach. Looking at looking ahead, what what do the guys do now? Um, you know, as we we look ahead to the season to prepare. Well, we're gonna we've got next week we've got finals, um, and then we're gonna give them a week the first week of uh, summer off. We'd like to give them more time, but the, the school year expanded so much and used to be get quite a, quite a bit of time off, but now. It's really a short summer, so you have to get in and get get your work done. So we're going to be uh, training uh, four days a week, and that's going to be strength and conditioning, and it's going to be you know player development, skills, offense, defense, all that stuff. So it's it's a it's kind of a year-round deal anymore if you want to be uh, 
mentioned with the elite program. So everybody does it, and we're going to be doing the same. So we'll be going Monday through Thursday, and probably two and a half to three plus hours each each uh, early evening. And we'll be in the weight room on the field and in the film room, getting them ready. Now back to just some specific football questions. I know that the offensive line was a major topic, and I know that that was a you know it was actually a you know topic of concern last year, and something that you've talked about too is that's probably the unit that needs to improve the most, or certainly needs to improve a lot. What, what now that spring is over, can you you know just give your thoughts on the progress of the offensive line, and where are they in terms of of, of your evaluation and and, and expectations? Well, you know, we, we didn't play very well. I think that everybody understands that, knows that, from players on down to coaches. And it, it's a combination of the factors and inexperience being first um, and then new scheme being second. And then learning how to play, uh, play hard. You know, sometimes in your mind, you give them great effort. You know, you turn the film on and, and it, it's, not, it's not reflected. So I think they just need to learn how to play as hard as they can possibly play. That, that would be job one. And then, then number two, um, technical aspects of the game and then understanding the blocking scheme. So we went out there and, you know, we're going to have to move some kids from certain spots, whether it be a guard or center, and we're going to have to move some guys around um, to get the most out of them. But I, I'm fully confident. It's not like we have, you know, some, 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 some kids up there that physically are not capable of playing there. You know, I've – I played with, you know, 180-pound, I had a 165-pound guard at, or a tackle at Osceola, and, you know, and I had a 163-pound defensive end, and we were in state title game in 5A and played good people. So we're not worried about that. But we're, we we got decent size, we're young, we have decent athleticism, and we're strong. It's really just, you know, game experience and then, learning how to dig deep and just uh, scrap for what you want to get accomplished. So when we get Antonio Merriweather back, that's going to be a bonus for us. That started from last year that will give us leadership and, and some tenacity up there. And then I've got a great O-line coach, so we're going to make it happen. I don't have any doubts. It didn't start well, but that's to be expected, I guess. Speaking with Coach Jeff Rolson. Coach, we've got time probably for one more question. I really appreciate you joining us today, especially all the way from uh, Suwannee County on, by, on the phone. You know, and I know as a coach myself, I always you know, hesitated and didn't like to, uh, you know, talk too much about an individual player because it's all about team as far as my, my perspective is. And I know other coaches, you know, under, you know have that perspective as well. And, but, you know, in, in this role, you know, I kind of, you know, have a responsibility to talk about some guys that kind of stand out or, you know, you know or, or get a lot of attention and, and people really, uh, are, you know, are, are looking to hear about. And specifically, I'm asking about Jalen Carter. And um, we got three minutes. I've been informed. You know, uh, from my perspective, which doesn't mean it's you, you have the same opinion, but you know, first of all, he's playing primarily you know defensive line this year. Last year, I think in his, earlier in his career, mainly his his primary position was blocking back on offense. Even though he did play defense, some defense, but you've, you know, you, in your in your on your leadership, he's playing his primary position is defensive line, as I understand it. And once again, as I said earlier, from my perspective, which doesn't mean that you would necessarily agree as his coach, but it looked like the guy was really dominant. I mean, it looked like he was just an incredible force out there. And uh, Can you just kind of talk about the role that you see him play in? 
Thank you for that great assessment. Coach, thanks for joining us. I hope you enjoy the, the rest of your Memorial Day weekend. Coach Jeff Rolson. Thank you. And, and God bless those that, that serve our country. Thanks, Coach. Great. Outstanding. And as we sign off, uh, great to have you here producing on location. Oh, it's been a fun day. Boy, I tell you, it's starting to pick up and getting real busy here at Porky's today. Beautiful out here today. It's wonderful have a great to have weekend. a true American hero, Dennis Puleo, joining us right here on the front porch of Porky's. Dennis, thank you for your service. God bless America. It's Blue Darter Sports Central on 1520 WBZW, your hometown station. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.